Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. This was week four of the college football season. Who is it? What? Hot lock, lock call. Already. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was quick. That came early. Oh, gosh. Uh, I get, before we get into that, that um, no, before we get into that, uh, I'm your host, Brendan Anthony, and with me, as always, is Colin Anthony, who is president of the Ishwitter Fan Club. Yeah, I sure am. Thanks. Okay, thanks Sorry. for joining us. Yeah. And uh, Brian Goers, who is uh, Brett Bielema's dietitian. Yep, great to be here. So uh, It's been a struggle. Yep, <laughs> ongoing process. <laughs> if you're listening right now, there's a very, very good chance that you know that Missouri lost to uh, the Kentucky Wildcats today. <laughs> it was brutal. Yep, top to bottom, soup to nuts. Ugh. So, Dim- folks... To Stern, we have, I can keep going. Don't. We've got a lot to talk about, and uh, not the least of which is some hot mock lock talk. Yeah. Uh, Matty Mock was absolute hot garbage today. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Yeah. And uh, you're gonna wear that button out tonight. <laughs> I know it. Uh, but he wasn't alone. Uh, on offense, Mock was bad. The receivers were bad. The running backs were bad. The offensive line was bad. Um, the defense was. In all honesty, I mean, I don't want to go so far as say bad, but they weren't good. We lost to Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, all three of uh, Kentucky's scoring drives were like uh, more than nine plays, seventy plus yards. I mean, there were and ample opportunities for uh, to get them off the field on third down. Uh, our third down defense was atrocious in the first quarter when Kentucky had like a, a you know a, was back a, because of penalties twenty eight yards for a first down. I mean, it was. Inexplicably, they just picked it up and drove on down the field and against our vaunted defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, in our defense's defense, I mean, they are on the field in these games, you know, 75% of the game because our offense is so abysmal. But So abysmal. But really, the, the, the middle of the field for Mizzou, I mean, apparently uh, the coaches for Mizzou really felt like, you know, anybody defending the pass in the middle of the field was not, not super high on the uh, priorities list this game. If you guys haven't noticed, uh, we're drinking. We're, we're drinking heavily. We started drinking uh, about halftime, and, and we've really kicked it into high gear. Yep, yep. So uh, it it was – I don't even know where to start. I'll be honest. I don't even know where to start. Well, it, let's – Brian's falling apart. He's he's having an allergy attack because he's allergic <laughs> to garbage football. <laughs> yeah, 
Pretty sure it's scientific. <sighs> um, so we started out, it looked good. Uh, Missouri didn't score on their first possession. Kentucky, we stopped them early. And then Missouri had an 80-yard touchdown drive, and Matty Mock looked as sharp as he's looked all season. Yeah. Uh, we threw downfield. We had some positive runs. Hansborough was back in the game, theoretically. Well, this won't happen the rest of the, the show, guys, but for, before I get started on Mock, a defensive Mock on that first uh, I don't want to hear this. drive, you know, it, it when Missouri's line gave him a little time, he seemed to do okay. Mock is not a patient bat or, or a quarterback. He's got happy feet. He pulls the trigger way too quick. But on a couple of plays, he got time and he made plays. And so you go, well, I mean, that's, it's as much defense as I'll give Mock. It's like, well, if we had an offensive line, maybe he'd be serviceable. But then he plays the rest of the game and, you know, you realize that no, he's not serviceable. Well, he's bad. after the first touchdown, um, which like I mentioned, we look good in. We quickly learned that Sean Culkin had a knee strain and would be sitting for the entirety of the of the game. Sean Culkin, who we bashed quite a bit last year, has become our most reliable, or I guess you'd say serviceable receiver, receiver this season, and he was yeah. unavailable uh, for the entirety of the game. And then that was the beginning of the injury bug that was plaguing us for the entirety of the game. But I in no way want to attribute this loss to injuries. It was entirely attributable to suckitude. <laughs> well, and, you know, the, going back to the first drive, too, the first good drive, I should say, for Missouri, you know, our receivers all of a sudden looked like they could catch, right? They remember the, the one, mm-hmm. like, one-handed catch that he brought Jamal into Moore. his body? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and more, and then he scored the touchdown, too. So it, it things looked like they were going to go in a good direction. Yeah, you kind of felt like... Where the fuck was Nate Brown all day, by well, the way? I felt like even in the games previous to this, the offense looks like shit. I was like, we're going to break through eventually. We'll get it figured out. The offensive line will gel. The wide receivers will get a little more experience. And on the first uh, drive or first scoring drive that Mizzou had, I thought, hey, here it is. Maybe we're figuring something out. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, and I think it's it's telling because so Moore, you know, he scores the touchdown on the on that drive, mm-hmm. makes that nice catch. Those are the only two catches for the night. Yeah, yeah he dropped a touchdown pass. Yeah. Um, that was uh, awful. That pl- that play that he caught the touchdown pass, the offensive line even looked good. They held mm-hmm. the pocket for a very long time, gave Mock a lot of time to look downfield. Mock threw a good ball. And I thought he was going to pull it down and run, but he did a good job of, like, he got the happy feet, and then he sort mm-hmm. of settled in for a second. And that was a good sign because that was that's kind of Mock's one of his, one of his biggest things. This fucking asshole feet. hasn't changed one goddamn lick since his first bucket start. God damn it. Mock fucking sucks. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I, I think that one of the things to me that was telling is uh, Towels, the yeah. Kentucky <laughs> quarterback, which Patrick appro- appropriate name for, for their quarterback. <laughs> Uh, and Mock are, are very similar in that they're both coming off bad games from the previous week. They're, and they're on shitty teams. And they're both, uh, like under the gun for their fans. Remember, Mock got booed last week at home. Mm-hmm. Tiles had to. Oh, he got booed away. He just couldn't hear it. I was booing <laughs> loudly from my couch. Yeah. Tiles said that he deleted his social media because, off his phone because people were just riding him so hard. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest difference though is one guy handled it well. And came back, and the other one didn't, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, uh, listen, I know I've been a, a Drew Locke supporter with no evidence that he is, you know, going to be extraordinarily better uh, than Matty Mock. But at some point, I don't care if it was, I mean, if Drew Locke wasn't on the roster at this point, 
I'd be calling for uh, Eddie Prince. You know what I mean? I, it's not Locke I want. I want anybody else. Sure. Because at what at what point do you go, well, the offense is going to be appreciably worse with somebody else at under center? I mean, we can't get appreciably worse. We have zero, zero running game. And the coaches, well, the coaches seem to want to ignore the fact that Hunt inexplicably always seems to make positive yards, makes good plays, and then they refuse to put him in the game. They keep running Ishwitter out there who gets knocked over by a baby <laughs> farting. They love on short yarder situations on third down to run Ish in between the tackles right up the gut. I mean, it's we like saw it again tonight. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Coaches don't, are they not watching the same game that we're watching? I know we're fans and we're... Erratic. Not, yeah, we're dramatic and we're not privy to all the information the coaches have at hand. I don't know what Ish Witter is doing at practice to gain such um, loyalty from Henson and Pinkle, but, you know, he must be doing great things. Or, or maybe a, a uh, conspiracy theory. Maybe Hunt is fucking Pinkle's wife. Because that's the only reason I can imagine that Hunt is not getting the snaps that Ish Witter seems to be taking so regularly. So are you claiming he's pulling a Lane Kiffin? <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, in terms of the lock mock talk, uh, it's hot, by the way, Brian. Hot mock right. Talk. I apologize. Uh, I think that, you know, you saw lock come in and he actually played really, really well. I mean, his first couple passes were just spot on. In fact, it, you know, the, the SEC commenters made this comment, but it was totally true that his first pass would have hit our receiver in the face had he not caught it, right? Like, oh, Drew Locke it was good. It was beautiful. And, and he still made a couple of freshman mistakes. You know, he drilled his running back, uh, Hansborough on a little screen, which he could have just, or a little flat, uh, where he could have just kind of laid it up to him. And he underthrew what would have been a just easy touchdown, uh, try to, try to finesse a little too much. He's only got one series to work the nerves out. You well, know exactly. I mean? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I, I think that there's enough there that, if the coaching staff decides, which, and I don't know at this point why you would, why you would not do this, but like, all right, we're going to give him an entire half well, or Brian, an entire quarter, you know, that, that's going to be yours, that I think he's going to play pretty well. You made the point before we started the show that, that maybe, um, Mizzou saw this coming. You know what I mean? That's why the red shirt got pulled. Not yeah. because they wanted to give him, um, series to, to warm him up, but maybe they saw this coming, uh, down the road thinking, Mock playing is, him for 26. Yeah. Ma- well, knowing that Mock was, I mean, listen, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's the same guy in practice he is on the field and that, he, like, they're going, this kid hasn't changed in, you know, 21 starts. He's not going to change now. 
at some point during this season, it's going to be time for a new quarterback. So let's pull the red shirt because we know we're going to need him rather than we just want to develop him. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, God, I hope so. I, th- here's At this thing. point, I have no faith in our coaches to make those sort of intelligent decisions. Here's the thing that I'm irritated about. One of the things, um, a lot of coaches now, it's a really hot thing to mention for coaches. They all say this. They say, we're a process team and nobody's guilt, more guilty of it than Gary Pinkle. He says in every interview, we're, we're a process team. And the process seems to be do something different every week, uh, with the quarterback position. He, he's made it out to be like, we're going to give Locke the first possession, the first drive of the second quarter and possibly the fourth quarter. But every week we've seen a different strategy with Locke. Today we saw one drive, which he looked good in and had, you know, for the most part. And then he was gone forever, even though, you know, our starting quarterback was, was, Hot, hot, hot garbage. Hot, hot, and, uh, and, you know, in weeks past, we saw him come in in the second half and then he doesn't. And they're like, yeah. oh, it was a gut decision. Is it a gut decision or do you have a strategy or are you a process team or are you not a process team? Yeah. It just looks absolutely fucking ramshackle to me. And we've got him on the bench and we've got a shitty quarter playing the field. I, Locke has to come in. Locke well, is the answer. Mock is the problem. And, and, and I mean, you know, I'll, I'll defend Mock a little bit. In Don't that, do it. Stop. In that, in the, the first that. three quarters, he didn't necessarily do anything to lose the game, but when you needed him to come back and win the game, he he wasn't there. In I fact, can't blame him. How many, he didn't get any help from receivers. Exactly. Again. So, but but you can't, he's not defendable in the like bottom part of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter when. Frankly, he should have thrown about four hundred. Hey, everybody, or shove like this that. line up your ass. He's a fourth-quarter quarterback who gets better when the game's on the line. Take that, twist it in a tight little ball, and shove it straight up your fucking ass because in the fourth quarter, he fell apart like a $2 pocket watch in a hammer mill. Yeah, that yeah. motherfucker got yeah, – on one, on one offensive series, could have thrown three interceptions on consecutive series if, if uh, Kentucky's defenders would have caught them. You have to use so many cuss words. I do. <laughs> I um No, I agree. And, and let's be honest. Here's what it boils down to. In the last two weeks, we played UConn and Kentucky, and we've had one offensive touchdown from both of those games. I mean, yeah. we scored nine points last week, and we scored 13 points yeah, this at, week. At some point, the stalwart act that Pinkle's playing with Mock as the starting quarterback is is just is just stupid. I mean, when you're in two consecutive games and scored one offensive touchdown, I don't care if it's a redshirt freshman who's supposed to be the the second coming or a, a third string senior who nobody's ever heard of. At sure. some point, you've got to do something to change the offense. I think I, I think if Pinkle probably likes that Mott can run the ball, we d- we don't have any running game right now, and that's that's partly Hansborough on the offensive line. It's partly on the running backs. Hansborough is still obviously not a hundred percent. You know, he played, but he might. Our as well line is not great opening Simo. opening holes either. I mean, it, yeah. I, I wonder how much success Hansborough would be having, and I believe that it would be more success than Ish Witter's obviously having. But uh, this offensive line is a work in progress, to say the least. Connor McGovern in the first quarter alone got burned twice around the outside. He is not a left tackle. We saw glimpses of Hansborough. He had one play where he extended a play to pick up a first down, and, and a, he reached so back. So Hunt, for that matter. In a way that, yeah, even, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if Hunt even could have extended a play yeah. like Hansborough did in that. But but Hansborough and Hunt can get positive yardage. Ish Witter cannot. Ish Witter is a third-string quarterback who's playing the right majority back. of our snaps. Yeah, running back. Running yeah. back. Yeah. Fired up. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and a lot of it, I think that that does come back to the offensive line, you know, because he's fast and he's clearly fast, and that that speed can do a lot. He's got to learn how to manage that speed before he tries to hit a gap. But there also needs to be the gap there for him to try to. He hit. He also needs to learn how to shed a fucking tackler. I mean, you cannot consistently go down every time you get touched by the first defender, and that's all he ever does. And, uh, you know, Colin mentioned, you know, fans are fickle and they're emotional and they don't have all the facts in front of them. They don't know the ins and outs of the team. But at some point when we consistently on third and two run Ishwitter up the gut and he fails to pick up the yardage, at what point are the fans wrong and the coach is right or vice versa? I think the fans are right right now. Ishwitter can't get the job done. On that third and two early in the game when they ran Ishwitter up the gut, I just lost my mind. I was like... Again, it wasn't it's a long who, trip. I mean, oh, fuck. That, did that play work last week? No, it was a miserable idea. The guy cannot hold up to any sort of contact, so you're going to run him up the gut between the tackles for a, on a third down where they're going to stack the off. They're going to stack the line where the where the defensive line is already in our backfield every time uh. they run the play. It's just never going to work. It's it's just bad play calling, and it, you know it's it's bad production. It's bad play calling, and. I'll tell you what, the, the, the defense, which has been good to this point, the middle of the field, I mean, that, that, twice that tied in on those tight end catches. The tight end had a free release. Nobody met him at the line. He just ran right up the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Safety, no, safety is nowhere to be found. No linebacker dropping back into coverage. I mean, he's wide open. I mean, you'd think it was a blown coverage, except I don't think the defense, was constructed to stop that play. <laughs> you know, I don't think there yeah. was somebody out of position. I don't think there's anybody there to anybody home. Hmm. And it and it happened in the first half, and then it happened in the second half for a touchdown. Right. And then it, on the when uh, Kentucky's got to move the ball, they just started going to the middle of the field because they realized that we're going to play this two deep safeties, and neither one of the safeties are going to be anywhere and to we, stop it. When well, we get them in a third and long situation, and they repeatedly go back to that and pick up the necessary down yardage. I mean, they were clearly their safeties were clearly taught to. To be the deep men, right? To have nobody behind you. And that's fine, but then you need to, you know, man well, up on it's the outside. The, it's the same play that, uh, Connecticut nearly scored on last week. The tight end go route right up the middle of the field right. and Newsom made a heck of a play to stop it. But, um, you know, I, I feel like that's something Kentucky definitely identified in that UConn tape and exploited against us. Well, if we're going to run the nickel, we should contain the middle of the fucking field. Like if we're in the nickel package, the, the the middle shouldn't be wide open. No, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. <sighs> well, highlights though from the game. What? What? We still, you know, got to go to to my boy, our freshman punter, who but Tony, who uh, is gonna. It's sad when we're having to look at look to the punter for for optimism. To the kid is amazing. The kid is awesome. He's gonna awesome. be the SEC punter of the it, year. Consistently put it uh, inside the twenty, often inside the ten. Three times it was like inside the five. I mean, he was he had, he had six punts, five of which were inside the twenty. If Missouri were going to win this game, it would have been in large part because uh, flipping the field. Yeah. Uh, with our young. Yeah, the defense really has no excuse for some of the field position Kentucky was getting. He you had know, one that stopped on his own. Like the, yeah. yeah, did you see uh, that one? It was Atlanta yeah, five, and it was like on it. it was like no, I'm good. I'll just stay right here. Yeah, I didn't even need. To go. <laughs> I, the, here's the bad news, guys. At some point this season, we're gonna have to start playing good teams. Yeah, this is all happening against shitty teams. Are you sure we can't just keep playing these guys? Well, luckily we're in the East, and the East looks like an absolute train wreck. Other than Georgia, which right. Georgia beat us what thirty-one to nothing last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look for worse things this year, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm going. I'm looking at I'm, what Kentucky did to our offense. Imagine what uh, Florida's defense is going to do to us. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and other positives in trying to stay a little bit of positive is we have wow. a we have a great defensive line, and and again we have it. And I know that the they had some success running the ball and they had some success passing, but you also can't just rely on your defensive line. Well, like I said early in the show, Brian, when they're on the field seventy five percent of every game, you know you can't expect them to be world beaters all day long. You know, but with our offense consistently. Three and outing and just looking abysmal. They still only had 120 yards rushing against our defense. And here, yeah. back back to negatives. Um, <laughs> well, that didn't last long. We 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 don't have any offense. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Every aspect of our offense is failing right now. We can't throw. We can't pass. We can't catch. We can't block. No part of what an offense is supposed to do is working. And uh, I, 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 I gotta put that on coaches. I mean, I'm gonna start, I think, I think if we continue down this road, the, um, Josh, or the, the Henson hate train is gonna get out of the station quick. Well, I mean. Listen, I, I'm not even, I'm not, the only thing I'm gonna say about Henson is the play calling with his Schwitter. But I don't blame necessarily Henson directly on that. I mean, he can't control receivers dropping the ball. Right. He can't control Matty Mock being on the field. That's Pinkle's call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Henson's probably sitting home right now. Go give me Drew Locke and Tyler Hunt, and maybe I'll show you something. Meanwhile, Pinkle's shoving Ish Witter and Manny Mock up my ass. You know yeah. what are you gonna do? Well, it, you can't make chicken and, salad out of chicken. If shit. anybody can talk to Pinkle about it, it's the goddamn offensive coordinator, though. And and I don't know if they're having those conversations. And it it really so this is a different this is a different discussion. If receivers hold on to the ball a little bit, if all of a sudden you're up. 14 to 7 instead of There's too many 7 to 7 and well yeah but but a lot of that revolves around the players simply making the plays that the coaches have drawn up right and and we can argue about mock or lock and and I think There's that's no a, argument anymore well I I would agree with that but it, you can argue it out there about mock and lock and and who should play and who shouldn't play but there is just no excuse for the drops and some of the the simple blown assignments that you know the the coaches can't draw that up anymore. You know, and some of that's some of that's the you know being young in terms well, of the receivers. At this but. point, like I said, I'm not ready to get on a Josh Henson necessarily. I'm I'm mad with personnel decisions. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the play calling. Like I said, the only play calling sure. I really have an issue with is the ish witter between the tackles runs for you know when he's shown us time and time again he's not capable. Well. It's the, it's, it's the, it, like I said, it's the personnel. Who you put in the game and what situations, uh, it, it seems to be inexplicable at this point. It's one thing, I guess this is the first game I'm really, really upset about it because against the Yukons, against the CMOs, against the Arkansas states of the world, I can understand you being obstinate and trying to get the players that you believe have ability to kind of go with it. But at some point, when these kids spit the bit, it's time to try something else. And now you've reached conference play, and you're going to stick hard and fast with the Ish Witter up the middle. You're going to stick hard and fast with Matty Mock. You know, that's fine, but be prepared to lose to fucking Kentucky. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a justifiable complaint because we knew going in that we had a lot of youth in certain areas. But that youth was in the receiving core on the offensive side of the ball. The running backs were supposed to be all seasoned. You know, these, we have Russell Hansborough who's been hampered by injury. Witter has, you know, he's not new. He's played last year. Uh, Tyler Hunt is seeing his first action, but he's been around. And then Matty Mock, of course, is our supposedly team leader from 
the last two years. These are not, this is not a problem of youth. This is a problem of personnel. And, and then offensive line. We haven't talked about that. You know, like, there may be no answer at the offensive line, but shuffle those goddamn assholes around because what they're doing is not working. Well, well, and there was an injury in there too where we did have to shuffle mm-hmm. them around and that was where the penalty came from. Well, at, at one point, because of the injuries, we had our starting offensive line from last season on the field. Mm-hmm. So you would think that if, if the starting offensive line from last season would be at least serviceable. I mean, right. you'd think that they're, they're not in the game because someone better has taken their place. That is certainly not sewn itself. Yeah. But what it, I mean, I don't know at what, what these kids have to do positive or negative to get a coach's attention at this point. What does Hunt have to do to get on the field? What does Ish Witter have to do to get taken off the field? What does Manny Mock have to do to get taken off the field? Mm-hmm. Well, in some of those things though, they're succeeding because of the situations that they're being put into, right? I mean, you know, Hunt's not being put in as an every down running back. And if he was, it'd be interesting to see. I think, I think it's worth doing at this He's point. He's not even being put down, but put in as a short. That's my problem, back. Brian. Is like, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you. Hunt may become very quickly overexposed and not the answer right. running back. But right. w- the way Pinkle uses personnel, we're never going to find that out because we're just going to keep running Ish Witter out there and getting three yard losses on every run. Yeah. So guys, we're pretty, we're pretty aggravated. Let's be honest. We haven't had to do this in a long time, thankfully, but, uh, we're going to do something to, something cathartic to help us move on. And this is a little something we did last year after a few unfortunate weeks called the blame game. And so, um, what we're doing, how this works is we have put a series of factors, um, on a piece of paper, put them in a hat, and each one of us will have 30 seconds to pick something out of the hat and then just vent and get it out of our system. And then, you know, Hopefully, be fresh for next week. Sure. Ready to do that, guys? Let's do it. All right. This is The Blame Game. Now it's time to play Release favorite game, The Blame Game. So, guys, I'm going to give you, like I said, 30 seconds. Brian, why don't you go first? Here's the hat. Pick a thing out. <laughs> and I have uh, receiver drops. Okay. And Go. So no matter what else happens, if the receivers can't catch the ball, you're never going to win a game, right? I think that's pretty self-evident. And I don't know how many weeks in a row you have to go where you have all these drops, but at some point we have to do something about it. And I don't know if we just bring in, you know, someone from a rec league to try to try to catch a few passes, but the number of drops is starting to really stack up and probably have cost us definitely this game, if not three or four touchdowns throughout the course of the year already. Very nice. 30 seconds. You did it. Nicely done. Colin, why don't you take a stab at it? I got the running backs. Okay, the running backs. Ready and go. You know, for all the uh, the uh, positive press that Pinkle gets about recruiting defensive linemen and wide receivers and quarterbacks, one thing that he has obviously not recruited, at least in this class, is running backs. I mean, Hansborough's good, Murphy was good, but there are only two guys. And now you've got Abington, Hunt, Ishwitter, Morgan Stewart, and nobody's any good. So... You know, at some point in a, in college football, when the running game is so important to have no talent inexplicably at that position beyond Russell Hansborough is inexcusable. All right. Nicely done, Colin. And so I'm going to take a stab at it now. And I drew Jesse Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Palmer was the color analyst with Brent Musburger today. And I hate Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer is a, you know, a gel haired P5 
piece of shit. He doesn't know anything. And if he drew one more stupid square around a player in this game than he did, I was going to hold him down and shave his bearded face. I'm so <laughs> sick of Jesse Palmer. His analysis is worse than ours, and that is really saying something. He's an idiot. I can't wait for us to get a better guy than fucking Jesse Palmer. <laughs> the squares. He really did. Like, Life just square. do a circle. Just do a circle. So fun. What's with it? the extra effort of putting the, the square in there? Ryan, you're shot at it again. Ooh, I have Gary Pinkle. Okay, and go. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> you, have more, you have more time than that. I, I think that everything falls back on Pinkle, right? So Collins mentioned the personnel decisions about who gets placed where, the Drew lock, and should they play Matty Mock or not, that, that falls back on him. But I think the biggest thing is, is going back to like the receiver drops and some of these things, is that's just not being prepared. Like I don't know how... You can see that and just not, okay, every day we're just going to catch a ball for the entire practice. So a lot of this just falls squarely on Pinkle's shoulders. All right, nicely done. Colin, take a stab at it. All right, here we go. I got Matty Mock. Oh, <laughs> we may need more than 30 seconds. All right, and go. Listen, I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You cannot have a player who does not progress at all and this young man has not progressed at all he is the exact same person he was the first year he got and it was forgivable when he was being pulled off the bench in emergency time it is not forgivable anymore stupid passes kentucky should have had no less than four interceptions tonight and the defensive backs can't catch the ball proving while they're defensive backs this guy is a fucking rockhead he has been a rockhead he's gonna be a rockhead and the only reason he's been able to play this long is because we haven't had a better option. Well, those days are over. We do have a better option, and it's time for Mock to sit his ass on the bench. <laughs> he didn't need more than 30 seconds. Okay, so I have pulled the offensive line. <sighs> the offensive line. The offensive line has been our Achilles heel all season long. Even when we were winning games, we were struggling at the offensive line. Not only do they uh, not create any holes for our running backs, they're constantly getting pushed into Matty Mock's back. They're fucking seniors for the most part. We have four seniors on our offensive line, and they aren't any good. I know that Connor McGovern isn't a natural left tackle, but by God, you're at left tackle now. Learn how to play the position. Taylor Chappell had to play just because of injury. He's garbage. Okay. There's too many offensive Ran linemen to, yeah. give, give, just yeah. to tell you how bad each and every one of them is mm-hmm. for what reason. I know. It didn't have enough time. We have more? Man, how much blame is there to go around? We, I think Plenty. we have 30 or 40 more. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have injuries. Okay. Go. I think this one's the easiest to blame, right? It makes you feel the best. Like, oh, we totally would have won if there had been the injuries. Yeah, we lost brothers. Uh, but, yeah, I think brothers being the biggest one, you know, losing Culkin, there's been some other ones. You know, it, it's hard to replace these guys. You already don't have people who can catch the ball. You lose your one of your best catchers. You, you already lose your best defensive player, your soul of the defense. And it's hard to win a game when you've got your players playing well in a crappy quarterback and receiver drops, and then you lose some of your best players, and it's even harder. So definitely injuries are to blame. Yeah, I would feel worse about and more scared about Kentrell Brothers' ankle injury if I thought we could win with him. But I don't know that we can. We just, like, heal up. You know, try, see well, next year. If anything, you know that would have been a good storyline. You know, like mm-hmm. brothers is in it for you know SEC Defensive Player of the Year again, potentially if yeah. he could stay healthy. What do you got, Colin? I just pulled Josh Henson. Okay, and uh, go. 
All right, my problem with Josh Hinton, obviously, is the play calling with Wishwitter up the middle. I mentioned it before. Uh, the other thing I'll say about him is that his play calling seems to belie how much faith they have in the quarterbacks. When Maddie walks in the game, they seem to throw laterally, and suddenly Locke comes in the game, and we go deep every time. If you can't call those plays with Maddie Mock on the field, then Maddie Mock doesn't need to be on the field. And maybe that's not Josh Henson's fault, but he needs to recognize the personnel on the field and make calls appropriately to them. And running Ishwitter up the middle or throwing a bubble. Mm. Ah, fucking. <laughs> I feel like it didn't make you feel any better. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, the, I have the last one here, and it is defense up the middle of the field. Oh. Okay. And so I will go. We got burned so often tonight with those passes up the middle. This was new for us. Uh, Kentucky discovered something that the other schools hadn't, but we did nothing to adjust to it. And all we talked about was, oh, we, our offense has been bad and struggling, but with this defense, we can win any game with this defense. Well, not tonight. The defense would get and do good things. We'd be in a situation where we'd have them third and long. We'd press them back, and then lo and behold, they drop it down and get a thirty-yard pass on us. And you know, there's nothing we can do when we leave it up. Kind of. Bah. Okay, so there it is. That yeah. is the blame game, guys. Do you feel better now? I don't. Not at all. Brian, we'll see next week. Yeah, I don't feel better. Get used to playing this game. That's what I say. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like it's. Do we play happen. next week? We play South Carolina next week at home. Hmm. And uh, South Carolina is no world beater, but I don't have confidence. We have to, to win football games generally, and this is coach speak, so if you're not following, you know, just bear with me. You have to score points. Well, You're supposed to score points. If you can't score points, it's really, really hard to win. Well, I mean, listen. That's I'm, a bold strategy. If, Let's see if, how it plays out. If midweek at the press conference, Pinkle says we're going to go with Locke, we're going to go with Tyler Hunt. It doesn't have to be – it could just be one or the other. You know, if he'll just uh, make some changes. You know, they haven't been afraid to make changes on the offensive line in the past. If he'll just make changes a few more positions. One thing I like to see is Wingo was on the field. Hey, nobody else can catch the ball. Let's give him a chance. Of course, he dropped one mm-hmm. in a big spot. But um, but he's the fastest guy. You know what I have. would say, too, is they got the Sheryls kid doing the return work mm-hmm. on the kickoffs. He has yet to show me any reason. You know, he's not explosive at all. He doesn't seem to have any electricity to his game. Yeah. You know, if Wingo re, uh, you know, runs a four two forty like they like to tell us in the broadcast, then, man, give that kid a shot back there. I, at this point, I'm looking for anything to spark this team. Yeah, some changes need to be made at this point. It's yeah. clear. We just lost to Kentucky uh, in SEC play. It, coaches need to show they're making a lot of money. Show that they're doing something. You know, like Don't just yeah. make all your decisions in fall camp and write them out until November. Yeah, yeah. which is Pinkle's kind of MO, which is that, that's, I think part of what has me upset right now is not just the, the situations, but just the fact that I don't think they're going to change. You know, I mean, that's part of my frustration yeah. right now is I don't expect any of it to change. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, and, and this is what we said last year after the Indiana game is that Pinkle has, like, done himself in here because he's created this culture where Mizzou fans expect victories mm-hmm. and before pinkle zoo fans didn't expect victories we expected like hey it'd be nice if we could get a win or two this year you know and uh so he's done this to himself and and i want to give him credit for that but at the same time yeah it's hard when you watch mock struggle the way he does and know that there's someone sitting on the bench who could come in and do probably at least as good what I'm frustrated about is it's a very winnable SEC East this year. Uh, Georgia looks good, but they've the got exception some, of Georgia. Sure. Georgia's playing Alabama next week, uh, so they're going to really you know have a tough one. But um, other than that, 
you know, any one of these teams is beatable, and we're just not capable of capitalizing on it. I said to Brennan during the broadcast, I'm like, you know, I can't help but wonder what these games look like if if you give Lockett the opportunity. Just give him a quarter, and maybe it looks the same. Maybe we lose in a different way, but I I know what it looks like with Matty Mock. Mm -hmm. You know, it just makes you wonder, are we flushing a season down the toilet just on sheer stubbornness. <laughs> no question Locke is going to make some freshman mistakes. Sure. But we're getting junior mistakes right now, so who cares? You know, We're getting the mistakes. Let's at least get the experience yeah, from tr- our... Truthfully, whatever Locke does as a freshman, could it be any worse than the decision-making of, a, of our current junior quarterback? I mean, right. honestly, it no. couldn't, I don't feel like. But the, the thing that you lose is that Mock is able to run the ball and run it pretty effectively. Well, you know, I watched, I watched Locke scramble for, uh, for a first down tonight. I mean, he's not Matty Mock, no doubt, but he's, he's not a statue back there either. Locke did, or Matty Mock did not set their hair on fire running the ball tonight. He had sure. a couple scrambles for first down. The teams obviously are looking for that. They've got mm-hmm. they've got a spy they, on the design run. Yeah. Yeah. Design run did not work tonight, yeah. and it didn't work much against UConn either. The only success we really had was against Arkansas State. Well, the play really action. I mean, they did not bite on play action ever. Yeah. I mean, they've got to a point where they're like, you can if you're running the ball, we're perfectly comfortable trying to take care of that with a, you know our four down linemen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're not going to bite. The linebackers are going to bite the state. Without a running game, without a running game, you right. can't run the play. Action. Yeah, exactly. That's what and, I mean. They're not biting at all. And that's what I think that that the coaching staff's fear is: if they put lock in, they know we become one dimensional, mm-hmm. and that we're just going to throw the ball because we don't have a running game. And with mock, at least you mock has the ability. You have to keep that spy in. My hope mock, is right? my hope is that if you put lock in, he's proficient enough throwing the ball that you open up some running. I mean that's that's sure that's what I'm hoping for. It could. Let me uh, throw out a suggestion, guys. I am going to suggest we take a break. I've got some uh, pure Colombian black tar heroin. I suggest we shoot that up yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, come back, and maybe we'll feel a little better. I actually have also called a prostitute, which I plan on strangling at the break. Okay. That usually makes me feel a little better. Well, that's on you. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Can't believe you're still listening to this shit. The Mazad Cast. Well, guys, it wasn't a great week to be a Missouri fan, but as always, there's a place that's much, much worse. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Okay, our first story. Kansas man accidentally shoots himself in testicle. <laughs> a botched kidnapping ended with one of the assailants shooting himself in the groin, Wichita police said. A man just stuck the gun back into his waistband when it fired, shooting him in the left testicle. 
He cringed, causing the gun to fire again and strike him in the left calf. When the shooting ended, the 23-year-old man uh, managed to walk himself to the hospital for treatment, police said. Um, He and his two accomplices, aged 18 and 20, were arrested for aggravated attempted kidnapping and conspiracy to obstruct justice. The men were attempting to kidnap a teen in a dispute over stereo speakers. So... Pretty, pretty typical but, Kansas stuff there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all assumed, you know, that everybody carries a gun because in previous Kansas news, we know that uh, what the woman was making the holsters, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, lady so, holsters. So she could, he could have used this if he would have bought one of these lady holsters. Mm-hmm. It would have been better than shooting oneself we, in the testicle. Did we get contact information on those two guys? Could we send them maybe a, a like <laughs> a care package? Yeah, get well soon. Get those two together. <laughs> Next story. Pesky mite bites causing problems at Kansas colleges. Uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Hundreds of college students across the region have been waking up to mysterious bites and rashes all over their body. Mites are sending students to the University of Kansas, Kansas State, and Pittsburgh State University to health centers. The mites live in oak trees, grass, and other plants until they fall and bite people. The redness around the bite is anywhere up to about a quarter in size, and they usually have a small uh, head in the center of the bite, so they're covered. Uh, said Dr. Douglas DeCero, the chair, director of the Watkins Health Center at the University of Kansas. It's not just one or two spots. They usually have 20 to 30 spots. Are they sure this isn't an STD? <laughs> it could well be. <laughs> the welts, which may not show up for 24 hours after the bite, can be very itchy. They're treatable with Benadryl or cortisone cream, but it's important to watch for secondary inf- infections. That would be where the redness continues to get bigger and bigger, and swelling and itching comes painful, said DeCero. Experts said the worst season, it's the worst season for mites in a decade. And is most, it mites or is it locusts? Because I feel like locusts. Plagues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most victims don't know what they are, mistaking them for chiggers, spiders, or bed bugs. A lot of girls nope, are, they're mites. <laughs> a lot of girls in our dorm have been waking up to bites all over their backs. <laughs> now, now it's turning into a story about Kansas football players. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and let's see, all over their backs, and they really don't know what it is, uh, said Kansas freshman Katie Staub. A lot of the girls are waking up with not just one, but several, like on their legs and neck and stuff, and they're really itchy. It's definitely about football mm-hmm. players. <laughs> Some blame the mite population explosion on a mild, wet summer. The mites are microscopic, so people don't see them, but they should be around until the first frost. There's no known repellent to keep them away, but experts recommend showering and washing clothes after spending time outside. Well, there you, there's your biggest problem. <laughs> Two new things in the state of Kansas. Yeah, the recommended showers. Maybe you ought to just recommend those in general, not just for the mites. <laughs> Go on about these washing of clothes you speak <laughs> you of. Say of. You say showers? Uh, next story. Kansas man accused of stealing combine and assaulting officers. <laughs> Now, this sounds like a true Kansas story. Uh, Ellenwood, Kansas, a 37-year-old central Kansas man was accused of leading law enforcement on a low-speed chase in a stolen combine <laughs> and ramming two patrol cars with it. Oh, my God. Uh, with it is, and they're charged with aggravated assault of a law officer. Barton County Prosecutor Doug Matthews charged Kenneth Lamb, Jr. of Ellenwood, Kansas, on Friday with theft, vehicle burglary, criminal damage to property, and reckless driving. Lamb is accused of stealing a combine from a farmer's field and driving it erratically through Ellenwood. Would it be okay if he stole it and drove it very very responsibly? Uh, Striking power poles and a pickup truck. 
The ensuing pursuit ended when two officers fired 18 shots <laughs> oh at the machine and disabled it after it rammed a deputy patrol car outside of town. <laughs> Lamb's attorney didn't immediately return a call uh, after his office was closed Friday afternoon. Hmm. Yeah, so, stolen combine. <laughs> they shot it 18 times. <laughs> it's a big implement. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that it's a low-speed chase, and that was what they decided to do. Guys, we can't stop this. What do we do? I don't know. Shoot it. <laughs> How do you bring down a combine? <laughs> this next story I'm going to bring you, it's what I'm going to call Kansas history. Mm. Um, we always bring you the latest Kansas news, but here's a little piece of Kansas lore that I thought you guys might want to be aware of. A guy named John Romulus Brinkley uh, was a controversial American who fraudulently claimed to be a medical doctor. He had no legitimate medical education. He bought his medical degree from a diploma mill. As Uh, all Kansas doctors mm -hmm. do. Or as all Mm -hmm. Kansas universities are, diploma mills. Sure, there you go. Uh, Who became known as a goat gland doctor after he received national fame, international notoriety, and great wealth through the transplantation of goat testicles onto humans. Okay. Uh, although Which Kansans properly shot off. <laughs> although initially, <laughs> Brinkley promoted this procedure as a me- means of curing male impotence, eventually he claimed <laughs> the technique would be a virtual panacea for a wide range of ailments, despite the fact that almost from the beginning, detractors and critics... How, in the- how do they treat mite bites, Brennan? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> detractors and critics in the medical community thoroughly discredited his methods. He was able to continue his activities for almost two decades. Although he was stripped of his license to practice medicine in Kansas, Brinkley Which was in, in, in fact if not a medical license. It was well, let's, false. Let's note that he had a medical license in Kansas without a medical degree. Um, mm. he, he was stripped of it in Kansas. Brinkley, a demagogue beloved by hundreds of thousands of people in Kansas, launched two campaigns for Kansas governor. One which he almost won. Uh, had it not been for widespread ballot tampering by his opponents, <laughs> Brinkley's rise to fame. Uh, and fortune was precipitous as his eventual downfall. At the height of his career, he had amassed millions of dollars, yet he uh, died sick and nearly penniless as a result of large number of malpractice, wrongful death, <laughs> and fraud suits against him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. All those people that got those transplants, all of a sudden they're like, what the heck is going on? Turns out there? these goat testicles aren't doing just what you thought. Uh, I mean, maybe we should replace the uh, worn-out old stereotype snake oil with... Uh, Goat testicles. You've been sold a bill of goods, sir. You've been sold <laughs> yeah, goat, testicles. goat testicles. Yeah. He's a real goat testicle salesman. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, in light of his questionable medical training, frequency of operating while intoxicated, and in less than oh, nice. sterile operating environments, some patients <laughs> oh, suffered from geez. infection, and an undetermined number died. So that is John R. Brinkley, Kansas hero. <laughs> <laughs> I think instead of, instead of saying... Goat testicles. It's instead of snake oil. It's just a Kansas medical degree. Yeah, there you go. That, mm-hmm. That's where we go with pretty standard procedure. There's probably a building named after him on uh, the medical the sweet staff <laughs> on the University of Kansas. Mm-hmm. The sweet yeah. staff that is Kansas. Now. I do feel bad. There are probably m- millions of Kansas men who are impotent, or at least you know, not can't perform well. I guess well Kansas sexually. Really makes sense. There's so much sex being going on with goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, it's probably it how I got sense. started. Yeah, yeah. 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 they yeah. saw those big nuts swinging. They thought. Maybe I could use a little of that. <laughs> sure. So, anyway, this has been Kansas News. <sighs> so, uh, Kansas... Oh, we didn't mention something. Kansas had a football game today. 
They've, yeah, they played Rutgers, Brendan, which is in a if, if you guys don't know, is an absolute dumpster fire right now. Their coach is suspended, several players. I mean, the the program is in disarray. So I think it goes without saying that Kansas won this game, correct? I'm Brendan? sure they had to. Brian, do you have a score on that? Uh, it looks like yeah. I, I mean, believe... Rutgers wa- did not win. I mean, oh yeah, that's here. certainly not the case. Here I have it here. Right. Uh, yeah, surely. No, wait. Rutgers twenty-seven, Kansas fourteen. Like another Curious. loss for the Jayhawks. They Curious. still haven't dissolved that football team. No, no. Nope. It, it does. I don't get quite the same joy out of it this week for some reason. No. 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 Well, uh, let's look away from the from the great Sunflower State and look ahead to SEC play. What let's look away to that? Dixieland. <laughs> Indeed. Let's uh, let's go around the horn with the SEC. Jesus loves football. So uh, before we get into the games, Colin, I think you got to help us out here uh, with our with our additional SEC analyst, uh, the Paul Feinbot. Yep. Hold on, just a second. Let me get him rolled over here. Okay. Nick Saban. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul. You ready to go? Let's get started. All right. Let's get started. All right, in the first game, Georgia just walloped Southern 48-6. to mm-hmm. I think everybody figured that. Surprise of no one. South Carolina topped UCF in a rare victory for the old ball coach, mm-hmm. 31-14. UCF yeah. actually played better against South Carolina they did than just about anybody else mm-hmm. uh, they've played so far. So that says uh, volumes, I think, about they, where South Carolina's at. They led South Carolina uh, pretty deep into this game, and people were calling for the old ball coach's head. But they pulled it out. Yeah, there, so there's a couple other games that were a little closer than I think people would have predicted. LSU beat Syracuse only by 10, 34-24. Yes, sir. Uh, Florida knocked off Tennessee by 1, 28-27. Okay. That, that was fun. That one has some big implications, obviously, for the Tigers, both those being in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Both Bigger them, implications had we won. Both yes. of them <laughs> ahead in, in our schedule, Florida – just beating down by Tennessee, Kentucky last week. Between Oklahoma and this game, Tennessee finds new and creative ways to rip the fucking guts out of their fans. <laughs> Did you guys yeah. happen to see uh, the game came down to a field goal uh, for the win? Tennessee um, booted one. Uh, I believe Florida called a timeout to try to ice the kick. Butch Jones didn't realize this, and he jumped out on the field to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't quite. A little premature. A little premature, yeah. Oops. And so the guy missed both attempts, the first one and the second one, and uh, the Volunteers lost. Well, Alabama rolled over UL Monroe after a little shaky first half. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas A&M beat Arkansas in what turned out to be a great game in terms of overtime. Arkansas, kind of same thing in, in the boat of Tennessee this year. Lots of high hopes going in, and I believe that was their third. Second or third loss of the season. Third yeah. loss of the season. Yeah, I feel like uh, the coach for Arkansas and the coach for Tennessee right now, um, boy, not not good. No, not good at all. I think they lost Toledo, East Carolina, and now A and M. Well, A and a least respectful. I mean, you loss. talk about how the SEC media was in love with these two coaches and in love with these two programs, and they have managed to shit down both legs uh, very very consistently. It's I don't know that Tennessee's going to have the same football coach next year. I mean, that's how upset people are of them right now. You're right about that. Thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was uh, Texas, uh, Texas Tech that they lost to last week. Oh, okay. So, yeah. 
Get your shit together. Mm-hmm. My shit's never together. Uh, Old Miss knocked off Vanderbilt as everybody would expect it, although a little closer yeah, again. Man, you made this game. It's 27-16, although that doesn't show how close it was leading up to the, the final couple Yeah, minutes. Vanderbilt is a is a bad team, and they, they showed you that when they, they – they're doing everything right. They're competitive in this game, and then they get a punt blocked, which is just something bad teams do. You know, they get into a game and they just make some stupid, ridiculous, uh, half-assed attempt at playing football and shit down both legs, and you know, they end up losing. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's a moral victory uh, for Vanderbilt, I suppose. Yes, sir. And uh, in the other dumpster fire, that is Auburn. They oh, lost to Mississippi State, seventeen to nine. Yeah, Guess Malzahn is another coach who seat may be getting terribly hot and that's hard to say for a guy who won a national championship but Go Tigers. Auburn fans are not going to be uh super happy about this one or the season in general uh pulled his uh super hyped quarterback and put in uh a, uh his his next choice uh, Mr. White uh who played like hot garbage and mm-hmm. um it's uh, continues to go wrong yeah, yeah. It's uh, I believe the Gus bus is off the off yeah, the rails. Off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you have you had Auburn, Tennessee, and Arkansas are just three teams everybody was high on going mm-hmm. into the season, and oh boy, I'm pretty sure everybody's off those bandwagons. Yeah. I don't know. We know, Paul. We know you don't know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he liked Auburn early. Yes, he did. <laughs> okay, was that it? Is that-, uh, that rounds out the SEC for this week. Okay, and uh, so where did you mention Alabama? Yeah, we, they, yeah, we okay. yeah. I don't pay close attention. Clearly. Uh, um, so let's look forward to next week because uh, we know what happened uh, everywhere, including in Lexington. Uh, but let's see what we got on the docket. Sure. So Auburn is going to play San Jose State. Okay. Barn burner. Yeah. This and is... one that Auburn should hopefully get a victory out of. Well, let's go. Well, yeah. Ordinarily, I'd say, oh, it's going to be an easy pick, but. Uh, we're going to pick the games this week, and I'm going to implement a new rule. Each one of us has to pick an upset. Uh, we are we owe one upset so that we don't just all pick the same stuff. And there's a weird or non-conference schedule for everybody where Auburn's still playing these shit teams on week five of the season. But uh, um, I'm going to go ahead and say um, Auburn wins, despite how crappy they are. Yeah, um, I feel like Auburn, just by virtue of pure talent, should be able to win this game. <laughs> So, yeah, Auburn. Brian. Oh, yeah, I guess stick with Auburn on this one. Okay, next. Next, we have Ole Miss uh, going to Florida. Ole Miss, Florida. Huh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Florida does look better. Yeah. They're, they're better than they were last defense year. defense versus uh, Ole Miss's uh, offense, I think, is the uh, is the story in this game. you got and two sides a- of the ball that are uh, on both teams that are very, very good. And this is where is this at Ole Miss? It's at Florida. At Florida, okay. They won a home game this. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I feel like they're 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 the team to beat right now. It's a battle of the four nos. I'm going to pull my upset here. Uh, I, I really think you know, there's no reason Ole Miss shouldn't win this game, but uh, I want to look good in case some crazy thing happens. So I'm going to pick Florida, Brian. Yeah, Ole Miss struggled this week. I, I don't think that's a too unrealistic. Florida is definitely swinging up, but I'm going to stick with uh, the uh, favorite there in Ole Miss. Okay, next game. All right, next we have Eastern Michigan traveling to LSU. Okay, well, why don't we not waste time on this one? That's yeah, LSU, by the way, has a 
a monster person. I'm not sure he's human running the football. Oh, Fournette, and, the running back. Uh, yeah, he is everything that the uh, Mizzou or running backs are not. Mm. And, oh, uh, so jealous. He ran his way right into Heisman contention this week. Yep. So LSU across the board. That's right. And then Vanderbilt goes to Middle Tennessee mm-hmm. in uh, a game that nobody cares about. No, and Vandy looked good this week. I'm going to go with Vandy. Yeah. I'm going to – this is my upset alert, Middle Tennessee. <laughs> All right. And, Brian? Uh, i got to stick with Vanderbilt on that one. Okay, next game. Uh, Arkansas goes to Tennessee in the battle of the – Disappointment We thought we were going to be good, but turns out we're not. Yeah, the, the Disappointment Bowl. This should be interesting. And this is at Tennessee, you said? Uh, at, yes, correct. Okay, Colin, who do you think on this one? Oh, I don't. I don't know who we play. What's, what's going on? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. What do you want? Tennessee, Arkansas at Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, Arkansas have dumpster fire right now. Oh, and Tennessee's so good. Is that, <laughs> is that your strategy? Yeah, there you go. Is that what your pick is based sure, upon? Sure. Okay, so Colin takes Tennessee. I got to go Tennessee too. I mean, they're both dumpster fires, but I think Tennessee's playing better football than Arkansas. Yeah, you know. It, I think if you hadn't instituted the rule, I think I would have picked Tennessee. But I'm going to go ahead and I'll take my upset here. Arkansas looked better, uh, not good. Looked better again today. Today, so I'll I'll take that upset. Okay, yeah, pretty good A and M team they played. So yeah, okay, all right. Uh, all right. Eastern Kentucky travels to Kentucky in the battle of the Kentuckys. Kentuckys. Okay. Well, I mean, I learned tonight that Kentucky is a juggernaut of college football, and you should never bet against them. I'm going to pick Kentucky. Yeah, I'm on Kentucky. I think that one's across the board. Okay. Mississippi State travels to the legendary home of the 12th man in Texas A&M. Okay. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. Texas A&M, much like last year, I just don't know what to make of them. But I really don't know what to make of Mississippi State either. They just beat Auburn. Um, I I think I'm going to pick A&M on this one there. They pulled. They snuck out the win against Arkansas. Maybe they'll be excited and play better this week. Yeah, I'm on a m. Okay, Brian. Yeah, um, I'm gonna stick with a and m. Although you know they played LSU pretty tight. They played um, and they've won some games. This game, I think, is gonna be. If anybody says that a and m's gonna win this game easily, you should take their money away from them. A and m's gonna win this game easily. <laughs> you gonna put some money on that one? All right. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly, because you don't lose your money. And then uh, there is... I, I like that bet. Yeah, you would, Paul. Uh, there there are two more games. One I think we're going to save towards the to the end here, but the, the big matchup, SEC matchup, is Alabama going to Georgia. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Georgia looks good, really good. Um of course, they played at Southern this this week, so even though it was a big win, it doesn't tell us too much. Alabama had the heartbreaking loss to Ole Miss. Uh, they didn't play great today. I think I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah, you know, Alabama's offense is, um, well, not as bad as Missouri's. How could it be? Because they've got a pretty good running back. They're not really, uh, certainly not an offensive juggernaut, um, you know, with their offensive coordinator plowing the uh, coach's daughter. I don't know how that's affecting their play. Nick Saban. Yeah, there you go, Paul. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm, I'm saying the Bulldogs pull this one out. Okay. Brian? Well, I'm going to put the uh, Bulldogs on upset alert. I think Alabama just 
better coaching and a lot of talent. Uh, and I think Georgia is going. is going to go down on this one. Okay. Does that leave us one last game? That leaves us one last game. Believe it or not, the SEC schedule lives on for the Missouri Tigers. And we advance to our next opponent, which is South Carolina at home. Yeah, South Carolina at home. I um, There's no reason we shouldn't be able to win this game, but I don't think we're going to win this game. I, I, uh, I've lost all confidence in the Tigers. I think earlier in the season I said I was going to pick Missouri each week. I'm going to break that rule, and I'm going to pick South Carolina because fucking Tigers have zero offense. And as I mentioned earlier, you have to score points to win football games. That's coaching 101. So uh, SC for me. I am. Uh, I want to pick this game once I know who's actually going to play. Because mm. if you told me that uh, Ish Witter's going to find a little more bench time and Tyler Hunt's going to find a few more snaps, if you told me that Drew Locke's going to get a few more, few more series. We don't even know if Kendrell Brothers is going to be healthy. I yeah, I mean, he's not. if you could, yeah, Kendrell Brothers going to be playing, I mean, or Hansborough's going to be playing. If you, if you could tell me any of those things, I'd be much more confident in Missouri. Um, I'm still going to pick Missouri because I feel like uh, South Carolina's got one decent player um, and the rest of them are slappies and mm-hmm. their coach is a, has early onset dementia i'm pretty certain so um i'm gonna go with mizzou brian it's up to you yeah th- this is a game that the tigers just have to win i mean kentucky beat them they still put up 22 points on kentucky which frightens me a little bit but mm-hmm. um i think missouri's coming home and i look for a little bit of a bounce back I think Colin's spot on with a lot of it is who plays, right? His brothers. As are, always. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear that often from me. <laughs> I think if, Not sure about that. Well, right. I, I think if if brothers is back in the lineup and, and we get um, you know, Culkin back or some some of our injured players back, I think it's it's Missouri a, a little bit easier, but um I'm gonna stick with the Tigers at no. home. Okay. It's a it's a team of it's a battle of two teams that are trying not to lose. So, Paul, who do you think is going to lose this game? Missouri. Okay. So, Paul was right last week, unfortunately. He picked Kentucky. Uh, but he And he's going with South Carolina here. So, all right. So, Brian, you said MU. Uh, I said South Carolina. Colin said MU. All right, we got it on the docket. We, didn't, we really don't even have to go over our picks last week because we all picked the same goddamn thing. Um, it was a pretty easy docket. I will say that we uh, we were all wrong on our Missouri pick, except for Paul. Mm. Uh, Paul got that one right. I, well, that's why Paul's the expert. Brent. Kentucky. Yeah, that's what he told us. So, okay, that's, that is uh, around the horn with the SEC. Jesus loves football. So, guys, here we are. Here we sit with at 0-1 in SEC play. Mm-hmm against one of the weaker teams in the division, if not the conference, and uh, all everything looks bleak. Do you have any positive takeaways? Fotoni. Punter, yeah. <laughs> Special Fittoni. teams, believe it or not. Baggett and our punter. Did you hear what Fatoni said after his first punt went down to the one-yard line? Mm-mm. Here, let me play it for you. Holy shit, look where I fucking punted this ball. Holy God, I'm a fucking amazing punter. Can you believe this pinkle? Brings me to the sideline, kisses me on both cheeks, and says, "You guinea bastard, I love you." So there you have it, Fatoni, quite a guy. He's a charmer. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, I don't have anything positive. I, I, maybe I will in the morning, but right now it's, I only have deep, deep hatred. One of the things we talked about during the break that we didn't mention in the broadcast was that uh, Kentucky really tried to give this game away. They were penalized like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept getting penalty after penalty after penalty, and Missouri did absolutely nada with that. And so, uh, you know, we just we did everything we could to lose, and lo and behold, we lost. Um, we look like... So much hot garbage. Hot garbage. Yeah, this is a, it's gut check time, I think, for the coaches. Um, it's, a, it's time to make some tough decisions. And if those decisions aren't made, um, then I'm really going to start. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to call for Gary Pinkle's head. He's, he's kind of got a, almost a lifelong pass unless he starts really doing something ridiculous because of the way what he's turned our program into. Um, but uh, this is different than when Mock and uh, Franklin were kind of buying for time. This is different. You know, mm-hmm. Franklin was not playing this badly. You not know, Franklin was, wasn't doing great, and the offense wasn't moving the way we would hope, but he wasn't making these sort of ridiculous decisions. Uh, I mean, he wasn't costing us games, ultimately. And I, I think Matty Mock is pretty much on the precipice of being saying he's costing us games. Well, let's before we close it out, let's, I want to shoot this down with one last bit of hot mock lock talk. I want us to do one more pick, and that pick is: at what point in this season do you think, or would it be this season, Drew Locke starts a college football game for the University of Missouri Tigers? Do you think it will happen, Brian? Go. Uh, yes, I think it will happen. I think it will be sometime after the midpoint. Okay, so Colin, um, when you say start, I don't. Uh, I, I think he's going to get substantial minutes at some point. I think what's going to happen is Manny Mock is going to shit down both legs in one game. Mock's going to come in at halftime play, and then we'll start that previous game. I'm, my guess is my guess is that game happens in Georgia. Like we just, We're getting annihilated at halftime, and uh, Pinkle finally pulls the trigger. And then Locke plays the rest of that game, and from that point forward you see a, a Locke-run offense. Um, I, mean, I don't want it to happen that way. I want Gary Pinkle to just go – He's basically say right now that it makes sense. Again, like I said, it's not as much about Locke at this point as it is about anybody else. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. My thought is that I see, I can see us losing to South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia, four straight games. If something like that were to happen, if we were to go down the drain that badly, I think that's the point where uh, I guess it's basically the same answer that well, you're giving Colin. Where. I'm certainly hoping that doesn't happen. I feel like our defense is good enough. Of course, they didn't do anything tonight to make me feel this way. But <laughs> the defense is good enough. I feel like we're not going to just uh, – I don't feel like we'll t- completely tank the season. I don't know. Well, here's, here's my thought. South Carolina is a pick em. I think Missouri can win that game. They could also easily lose it. Florida – I am far less confident about now. Florida has a great defense, and a team with a great defense is going to absolutely kill us because yeah. we have a good defense too, but we have zero offense. And if we have put zero offense against a good defense, we, we could get shut out. Well, we and, scored nine points against UConn. UConn got beat by Navy today. Right. And so I, I look at it as, as Florida as almost a sure loss. And then I look at Georgia as an absolute guaranteed lock of the week sure loss. So that's – Three out of four, and then if you throw South Carolina, if that one goes south, that is four straight losses. 
And uh, at that point, the fans are going to be up the coach's ass. Well, it's, there, there's going to have to be answers, and uh, that's the point where I think uh, I'm not ready to see be, Drew Lock start. Be quite that pessimistic, but like I said, I think Brian made a point. Uh, I don't see any way around it when he said that you know that that maybe this red shirt wasn't pulled for for developmental reasons. Maybe this red shirt was pulled because the coaches saw the writing on the wall and that sometime this season the quarterback change is going to need to be made and. Uh, Listen, at this point, I hope it's made it. Listen, at this point, it should have been made at halftime. <laughs> you know, at this point, it should have been made last week. So, um, you know, but uh, Gary Pinkle is nothing if not loyal. I think something to cheer us up a little bit since it's been such a negative show. Mm-hmm. So, Missouri ended its 11 game, 11 road game winning streak tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, they did at Kentucky. Kansas hasn't won a road game in five and a half years. Yeah, that's, that's something. You know what we have to do? Win our loss, uh, believe it or not. We have to pick a Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Fact. Kirk Farmer is uh, not like our Tigers right now. He is an immaculate, statuesque man with a golden flowing lock of Hercules. Spun gold is what many call it. I like to call it pure glory. And that is why we name this award the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. So, guys, who do you think it should be? Well, I can't, this is just belies how bad this game was. It's Fatoni. For me, it's Fatoni. I mean, the guy was money. He was the only player on the field that was money. Um, he gave this team more than anybody else an opportunity to win. I mean, he pinned uh, Kentucky back, you know, most of this game. They had poor field position. Now, granted, they didn't seem to hurt them. They just drove down the field on us. But um, for me, you know, it is a sad, sad day in Missouri football when this is the case, but Fatoni is your your Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game, in my opinion. Brian? Yeah, you know, he's been my pick for, what, the last two games, I think? Yeah, so how how can I go away from him at this point? I can't argue with either of you. Congratulations. Corey Fatoni, you are week four Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Hey, yo! Player of the game, eh? Hey! What are we talking about here? Eh? All right. Congrats, Fatoni. Uh, so there it is, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, listeners, you have no idea how many beer cans are uh, <laughs> scattered about the uh, studio right now. Uh, one little piece of business I want to get to before we shut it down, um, personal business. Uh, I had writ- written a book about Missouri football, the 1960 Missouri football team, and uh, I'm going to be on uh, KFRU 1400 Monday morning at 8.30 to discuss it with David Lyle. So tune in if you're in the Columbia KFRU listening area. If not, drive into Columbia and check it out and hear a little bit more about the uh, about the 1960 Missouri team and the book that will be forthcoming. So uh, check that out for us. I'd appreciate it. Yep, and as always, uh, tell a friend. Um, we are uh, growing in popularity. We have more and more downloads each and every week. And so, but we, we depend on you guys for that. We depend on you telling your friends and neighbors what a terrific show the Mazodcast is. Yep, it's going to be terrific. Yep, and so give us a shout out on iTunes, give us a review, and, or fill out our listener survey, which is on the Mazodcast.com website. Until then, this has been uh, some abysmal Missouri football, but go Tigers anyway. M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. You guinea bastard, I love you.